This is three weeks since a coup unfolded in Niger. Its president was toppled and arrested. The army took over, the people cheered them on, and now the junta is ruling the nation. It all happened so quickly that West Africa was left aghast. But now they want to sw swoop in to save the day, a.k.a. reverse the coup. On Thursday, West African army chiefs met in Ghana. They discussed a possible military intervention in Niger. They say they prefer diplomacy, but if all else fails, they're ready to intervene militarily. Let no one be in doubt that if everything else fails, the valiant forces of West Africa, both the military and the civilian components, are ready to answer to the call of duty by all means available constitutional order will be restored in the country and this meeting today best testimony to that basically the west african bloc is ready for war it is also known as ecowas economic community of west african states ecowas the ecowas has sent troops in multiple nations before so this will not be their first time but this time they are a little wary. There are a few reasons for that. The first is mobilizing the force. It has been done in the past, but there is no clear parameter yet. Gathering an army depends on the will of the members. The ECOWAS is 15 members. Three of them have been suspended. The remaining 12 are willing to send troops. But they face some opposition at home, which brings us to the second problem, the second challenge, the number of troops. Any operation this big will need a lot of troops. It will also take weeks to pull together. But most ECOWAS members are under-equipped. They're also impatient. Plus, they don't want to get caught in a drawn-out conflict. The third problem is Niger's coup leader, General Abdurrahman Tiani. He has worked for the ECOWAS before. Tiani served as a battalion commander for ECOWAS peacekeepers, so he knows what an ECOWAS military intervention would look like. Chances are he will be prepared for it. And challenge number four, this could destabilize the region. Any attack on Niger will destabilize the entire region. Let me pull up a map for you. The you got it, folks. Uh, we got ourselves another forever war, this time in Africa. And you can thank the American globalist neocons for that. And we're going to show you why here on More War Monday on the Rob Mana Show Live. We're at the Red Voice Media Network where we bring you the facts and the truth. And that makes us dangerous. Well, here's the truth and the facts. Victoria Newland, you know who she is, went to Niger. I used to call it Niger. I never knew you pronounced it Niger. To demand reinstatement of the U.S. supported president, saying the U.S. dislikes military coups. In 2014, Newland got caught on tape picking Ukraine's next president after the elected one was removed in a U.S. supported coup. A week ago, a secret Pakistan cable revealed explicit U.S. pressure to remove democratically elected leader Imran Khan, which immediately followed. In contrast with leftist hysteria over Russian interference in U.S. elections, this is what real interfering in foreign governments looks like. Well, the U.S. and their little buddy neocon globalist France are both openly supporting the economic community of West African states, otherwise known as ECOWAS, group's intention to invade Niger and remove the coup government. Just another day in America's neocon-controlled rogue 
federal government. Well, welcome to the Rob Maynard Show, folks. Our guest today is, once again, the doctor, retired U.S. Navy Commander Randy Arrington, and our friend. Well, Commander Arrington, uh, for one week, we're not talking about China, Taiwan, Ukraine, or Russia, but are we? We're talking about Africa uh, and the little country of Niger uh, that uh, their military decided the elected government just... Uh, uh, apparently wasn't well liked by the people as we saw in those demonstration pictures in the video. Uh, if this continues, I think we will be talking a lot about Russia because I think the Wagner group, which was sort of invited in by this uh, guy, Tishani, who took over from Barzum, uh, he's afraid that you know, something's gonna happen there with the United States. And even uh, Prigozhin said, but the United States is bringing in heavy artillery. I think what he really meant by that was bringing in the Undersecretary of State, Newland, which I guess she's, uh, in his mind, heavy artillery. But this could be something that Wagner, the Wagner Group, could take advantage of and spread their influence, not only in that country of Niger, but they could go to other countries in the Western African area there and spread their influence. In fact, uh, Putin has already offered all the countries in Africa free grain since he uh, you know, suspended the grain shipments uh, because of the war against Ukraine. So we can be talking about Russia a uh, big time. I don't think that we're gonna have an actual uh, conflict between United States uh, and Russia in this area of the world. I would say that the chances are very unlikely. It's not zero, but it's unlikely. The problem is the risk is of some sort of a uh, accidental, accidental encounter between US forces and Russian supported locals, somebody uh, finds themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time, suddenly shooting starts. Accidental wars are not all that uncommon, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, two other countries in the region that border, that are on Niger's border, have said that they will see an ECOWAS military intervention uh, as an attack on their own countries. Uh, so you have like a little NATO-like uh, tri-country uh, agreement there, uh, and uh, so they're going to get involved. Uh, Niger's uh, force lay down uh, their status of forces. They don't have much air. Uh, they do have drones that are, that can be armed and those kind of things. Uh, uh, but uh, but Mali, the other one of the other two countries, does have air, and they'll likely be providing air support. But uh, you know, with the U.S. and France backing. ECOWAS, uh, they're going to have the best intelligence. They're going to have the best air support. They'll have air superiority, I'm sure, just through the U.S. intelligence uh, network uh, will give them enough to be able to overcome anything that the uh, Nigerians can put up uh, along with their allies and everything. Uh, but it's just, it's just ludicrous. Uh, you know, Doc, uh, you know, we saw the the, the Civil War was like a genocide between the Hutus uh, and their enemies and everything. We did nothing because it wasn't our, it's not our play, okay? It's just not. Uh, and But now uh, you have these people in control of the United States government, foreign policy and national security apparatus that regardless of which political party, because Newland, remember, was operating in Republican administrations too, regardless of which political party they're in, and regardless of what the policy of the President of the United States, who they are supposed to work for, 
says, they just keep on going. And here we are, another forever war, when our wartime stocks are, are de uh, depleted because of the stupidity that we're doing in Ukraine, we have a major rising threat with uh, the Chinese Communist Party, and they're involved in Africa too. China and Russia are heavily involved in Africa because of the economic resources uh, and the desire to uh, to be able to utilize those resources uh, because there's there's just vast amounts of natural and economic resources uh, on the continent, and and uh, they're not going to take that kindly to the United States and France and whatever, NATO. Uh, I can see NATO doing another out-of-area operation, which, again, confirms it's not a defensive alliance. Uh, uh, to get in here and start this one up, and, and this will be a forever war, man. I mean, this will destabilize the western half of the African continent, in my opinion. Uh, and it will be uh, a war that has not been seen even on the European continent today. You know, we're seeing a World War One-style trench warfare with some, you know, some counteroffensives uh, with armor and infantry and artillery and, and stuff like that in the Ukraine and Russia war. But this is going to be that on steroids, isn't it? It is. And if you look at the study the history uh, and the lifeline of colonies, I think all colonies, eventually the colonists grow weary of being exploited by the mother nation. So what do they do? They rebel, they fight for, and ultimately win their independence, but it takes a bloody, uh, politically, and you said it, politically destabilizing war. Uh, Niger has been an important ally to the United States in that Sahel uh, region, this is south of the, uh, in Africa, south of the Sahara. And the United States basically has given them hundreds of millions of dollars in assistance. And we actually operate, I think we've got three military bases there, and about 11 or 1,200 troops that are stationed there. But this, this could, uh, you know, progress into some sort of a conflict, regional state conflict, especially if Mali, I think it was Mali was the country that was going to give them some, some Tucano, uh, they call them fighters, but they're really just training yeah. airplanes built by Embraer, and they put some, uh, you know, weapon stations on there. They care about four or five bombs. So they're, they're, they're not too lethal, but I think that's what Mali was going to give uh, to Niger. But again, it's like giving F-16s to Ukraine. Nobody knows how to fly them. It takes months and months and months to learn how to fly them, so that's not gonna have an effect here. And um, the, the, the problem is, if this does uh, go regional, I think some of the analysts that I did some research on call this the, a coup of contagion, which is very similar to the domino theory, which I think is ridiculous, but it could, it could uh, spark other coups, which Bali and uh, Faso, Burkina Faso, have already done twice in the last three years. And so yeah. that, that region of the world is highly unstable. And you know what? Wagner and Prigozhin know that. Well, Vladimir Putin knows that. We know that. And so uh, do the Muslim jihadists. That country uh, of Niger, Niger is 97% Muslim. That doesn't mean they're all radicals, but there's yeah. a bunch of radical Muslim jihadis there in that country, and they're looking at this chaos like, hey, this is our chance to spread our territory and our influence, and that's not going to be good. Yeah, and one of, one of those three bases that we have there, we've, we built it for about $100 million. It's a it's a uh, unmanned aerial vehicle base, uh, and uh, there are about 1,000 troops there. Uh, you know, and, uh, and the other two bases, I'm not sure exactly what size and the status of it is, but I imagine the other 
couple hundred troops are split up between those. Uh, and then France, I think, has got uh, 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 you know somewhere around a thousand troops at another base uh, in the area, and those are focused on uh, Muslim terrorism. terrorism. Uh, basically, for the most part, I mean, there's some gang stuff and, uh, and those kind of things too. But uh, primarily, it was uh, Islamic terrorism uh, that we were focused on and, and getting help from the Nigerian government, uh, uh, obviously by being allowed to build a base there and spend a lot of money on it. But you know what? With this, uh, with this, uh, this military intervention effort, I can see the Nigerians basically capturing those bases and holding those troops hostage. I could see that in a heartbeat because the people of Niger, some of the early videos that came out uh, show huge crowds waving Russian flags, Doc. Uh, huge crowds uh, and supporting these generals and admirals that have, have kicked the elected uh, uh, official to the road, and maybe that's because you know, you know we know our own elections are tainted now and not secure and not reliable, and we don't have we don't have confidence in them. Well, if we don't have confidence in America's elections, is there any election around the world that the people can have confidence in? Maybe all those so-called leaders have been installed, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that when we come back from the break a little bit more as we continue to peel this onion about the latest forever war, thanks to Victoria Newland, uh, here in Niger. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. Dangerous we are because we push the facts and the truth. We'll be right back. interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. Act swiftly, 833-287-2465. Attention fellow Americans, breaking news, Biden's dangerous plan for that digital dollar is being implemented as I speak to you. Don't be fooled. It's not going to benefit you and me. Act now before it's too late. Did you know the Federal Reserve's phased deployment of what's called FedNow, the digital dollar, started on July 1st, 2023? So brace yourselves. This will probably catch you off guard like it did me. 
Your hard-earned assets are at risk, but there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time. How? With one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number two, USA Gold. That's right. Call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide is going to outline the precise steps you need to take to immediately transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833-2-USA-GOLD. That's right. Call them right now, 833-287-2465. Yes, call now, 833-2-USA-GOLD. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show here on the Red Voice Media Network. We're talking about the next forever war in Africa, uh, centered around the country of Niger, which had a military coup a few weeks ago. Uh, and uh, we mentioned Victoria Newland in the first segment. Uh, she's the coup queen for the United States, all the way back from the made in, the, the coup in Ukraine uh, that ousted a duly elected president. To this one today, she's been there. Roll that clip to uh, Disco, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what this guy thinks about her visit. The number of Nigerians are signing up to defend their country blew past 50,000 in the first two hours after a recruitment campaign was launched. Registration even had to be paused after organizers were simply overwhelmed by the number of volunteer fighters. Now, neighboring Mali and Burkina Faso have been vocal supporters of the new coup-imposed government. After the ECOWAS group of West African states said it was drawing up a military plan against Niger, both countries said any action would amount to a declaration of war against them as well. The two states also sent military aircraft in order to help Niger in the face of possible hostilities. And the move had the backing of locals in the Malian capital. We have to help Niger. If I had the means, I would offer the planes myself to Niger against ECOWAS. Why would I do that? I believe that ECOWAS exists to solve the problems of the region, but it no longer plays this role. It only helps presidents in power. Niger is bigger than Bazoum. We have to look out for each other. Especially if Niger asks for air support to defend itself, we can say they're right. We implore them to save us from the worst. What I think is that we need to negotiate before opening hostilities. We also got the thoughts of a newspaper director in Burkina Faso who believes that all parties can find a peaceful compromise instead of resorting to brute force. I believe that overall ECOWAS tries to remain logical, like with its first declaration, which consists of demanding the return of a constitutional order. So it's totally in the order of things. I believe it's in the normal process of what the community authority, in fact, tries to do so that there is a return to a constitutional order. I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell myself that everything is possible, all options, as ECOWAS officials say. Because at the current stage, I don't see if it's just that there is a compromise. I don't know how ECOWAS can back down on its demand for a return to a constitutional order. So I believe that each party is counting on this condition. But it seems to me that there are discussions behind the scenes. There are diplomatic actions behind the scenes. We may come to a compromise so that we may find a happy medium without the use of force. 
Well, folks, I know that's a Russia Today clip, but it was very factual, uh, and uh, that's what we're after here is the facts and the truth. If it had been propaganda, I wouldn't have used it, uh, but we're talking with retired U.S. Navy commander and doctor of uh, political science, uh, Randy Arrington, uh, today about this issue. And uh, I confused myself. We'll have the critique of Newland's visit clip the next segment, uh, but... This one, uh, the reason I picked it out, Doc, was a couple of reasons. First one was uh, when they called for volunteers to sign up for the militias, over 50,000 in such a short period of time, uh, again, overwhelmed their system. Uh, and I think that just, that just puts the exclamation point and the dot on the I, the cross on the T, that it sounds like the Nigerian population is supporting this coup d'etat. Well, it could be that it's need a job too, but uh, you know they they've been exploited uh, by France for a long, long time. I, I think it started back in the 17th century and really got going in the 18th century when they started bringing slaves from West Africa. But they, right. France has been and so so has Britain has been exploiting uh, West Africa and the African continent for a long, long time. So I think these people have uh, been uh, they've had enough of France's exploitation and influence. And they want, like I said in the beginning, they want to be their own independent nation, uh, but that does take a politically destabilizing uh, combat situation, and that might occur here. I think publicly, the United States continues to urge or demand, uh, Victoria Newland demand, a, a diplomatic and peaceful resolution to this thing that's going on in Niger. But privately, I think the United States and France would welcome uh, the economic community of West African states uh, doing a military intervention in Niger because that would do their dirty work for them and restore the French and American influence. And that's what I think that's what we want. There's a lot of, you, you said there's a lot of minerals there, things that, that come out of the ground, there's oil, mm -hmm. there's gold, there's uranium. So there's a lot of stuff there in West Africa that, you know, rich countries can take advantage of, but they have to exploit the country to do that. And that last president, Bazoum, uh, I thought it was named Kikin Brownsville, but Zoom, I think he was pretty much a puppet of the United States and France approved as well. So we do this all the time. The CIA and the State Department do this all the time. Most Americans don't realize this, but we're very hypocritical. We see, I heard a speech that Biden gave about this saying, well, we think that the democratic you know, process needs to be protected and they have to have peaceful mm -hmm. protests. Peaceful protests, that's what we had January 6th. And now they're arresting everybody. And trying to throw the ex-president in jail yeah. for all this crap. So they're, yeah. they're very hypocritical. Politicians are typically hypocritical. But you know what? Uh, I think you're. I'm going to disagree with you on one point. The American people do know now because many believe the CIA uh, and the State Department and the U.S. military uh, in cahoots with local authorities in Washington D.C. Uh, and around the country, all the way down to the county level. Uh, stole the election in 2020. As a matter of fact, it's up to like 60 plus percent uh, total of American voters think that Joe Biden is not the legitimately elected president of the United States. So I think I think we're on to him. And it pains me to say that, Doc. You know, you, you and I uh, have talked about this privately. It, it, it gives me no joy. I'm very unhappy, very sad, angry that that this is kind of stuff has been done in our own country. The facts are there that support it too. All the, all one has to do if you're in power 
Brian Kemp in Georgia is look at the facts and the affidavits, 40,000 of them in Georgia that were dropped off in your office and your team laughed about it. You didn't even look at them. All you have to do is look at the facts. So, so if, in fact, uh, we in France installed this guy, then that's just a, it's another colony. It's a continuation of colonization is what it is. And, and, and that's why I think the people and the junta or whatever you want to call the guys that took over, the gentlemen that took over the country in their military coup, uh, which appeared to be pretty bloodless, by the way, uh, not your standard violent military coup. Uh, all, all you have to do is, is uh, look in one direction. They've called, they've asked for the Wagner group to come in and help them because they've been there before, right? They, they have, but I, uh, I would warn people about the Wagner group in uh, Prigozhin. I think that everywhere we've seen the Wagner group go, uh, death and destruction and uh, you know violating people's civil rights follows. And so I would not, and I think Newland kind of alluded to that in a phone call she had, I read it, where she said she thinks that the group, and she didn't get to talk to Shani or Barzoom. She talked to some colonel who just made general, Barum is his name, and three generals, uh, three colonels that worked for him. And uh, I think she alluded to the fact that she believes that they understand that their sovereignty would be at risk if they, if they invited in Prigozhin and the Wagner group. And the, the guy that got promoted to, to general after Kashani took over as, as president, where he's called himself now, he actually was trained at the National Defense uh, uh, University in Washington, D.C. He knows yeah. a lot of American officers, and, but he's a nationalist, which he should be, and he loves his country. And he's not going to give in to Victoria Newland's demands. Yeah, Newland's comment though about the Wagner Group is is typical United States uh, Empire uh, type statement from uh, these globalist and neoconservative warmongers. Oh, oh, oh! You can't trust those guys because you know they're going to take over your sovereignty. Well while looking the other way and putting her hand up to these folks to say, well, no, we have your sovereignty. We built a base in your country. We man it. Uh, we're helping you secure your country. Uh, you know, uh, the people that we put in power uh, represent your sovereignty. I just don't think the people on the ground, the population, uh, certainly the generals, uh, don't see it that way. Uh, so I, I would look to uh, Wagner's coming in uh, as a matter of fact, Prigozhin, just before we went on air, I didn't have time to get the to get a video clip to, to uh, Disco, but uh, 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 Prigozhin is, is believed to be on the ground, an IL-76, a Russian IL-76, uh, with a uh, reported high-level Wagner leadership uh, was on the aircraft, landed there uh, uh, not too long ago, is what was being reported, and, and, and Prigozhin's in a video uh, of course, you can't tell. I haven't had time to go look at the geo data on the video, but somebody will. And we'll find out if that video is actually in Niger or Mali, uh, one of those three countries that are uh, allying together. Uh, but he certainly looks like it. He sounds like it. And, uh, uh, you know, ECOWAS is probably going to have bitten off more than they can chew if they continue down this road of the U.S. and French forever war that they want, Doc. You know, and, and ECOWAS doesn't have to do that. Uh, they could try to find a peaceful solution. Uh, you know, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, you know, the generals can call for free and fair elections, but who are you going to get to come in and monitor it? It used to be the United States of America that would do that kind of thing. 
but we can't. See the mess that the entire globe is in because the United States of America as a free republic is falling dramatically into tyranny? ECOWAS didn't do anything with the last three or four uh, insurgent situations, the coups that happened mm -hmm. in Western Africa. They just, you know, they, they spouted off. And I want to say something yeah. about Reagan used to teach us that there are nine words that are the most terrifying words in the English language. I'll change that to 10, and this is for other countries. We're from the American government, and we're here to help. That's yeah, exactly dangerous. right. Exactly right. And, and I'm not... Uh, disparaging our efforts to help them with Islamic terrorism and help ourselves with Islamic terrorism by putting a, a UAB base there to conduct operations against those kind of uh, uh, enemies. But what I am saying is, even if you have a base in a country, it doesn't mean you own the country. Well, Doc, we'll, we'll be back after this break, and then we'll see the clip critiquing Newland's uh, visit, and you'll hear again about the general that was trained in the United States of America. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening, and it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't, in some sense, working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement. That features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster. <laughs> Victoria Newland neocon of neocons decided to come to Niger hmm I wonder why so she went to Niger to try and speak with the coup leaders <laughs> they wouldn't even meet with her <laughs> they wouldn't even meet with her I mean it's the best response the best the best 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 response so le let me show you this let me show you this all right so there, there are two good pieces here. I'm, I'm, I'm reading to you from the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. She went to Niger despite the, the uh, airspace being closed, which is weird, right? Obviously, the CIA or the State Department have some flight. They, they, they flew her in. The French are also violating uh, Niger's airspace by continuing to run planes in, right? But, but again, they're just friends, right? They're not here to, to you know, step on anyone's toes. She went to, to meet with... Um, and he said no and she had to sit down with three colonels and a general okay so they told victoria newland you are not allowed to meet with bazoom who's the 
deposed president, and you are not allowed to meet with Chania, who's the, the head of the, the army and now the de facto leader of the country, right? <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't even give her one minute of their time. Now, she did sit down with this man. Now, he is a general, okay, who has been essentially groomed by the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they've been, they've been uh, working on this guy for a couple of decades, right? So he's Brigadier General Musa Barmu, right? And the Washington, uh, sorry, the Wall Street Journal describes him as long courted by Washington as a partner against Islamist extremism. So they thought that because, because he heads the special forces in Niger and that, you know, the, his troops have worked alongside the American troops for so long, Yes, and they've cooperated together, and that you know he went to the um, uh, he went he went to the United States to study there. Even that they could influence him into reversing the coup, and he basically just told them to to piss off. <laughs> so she she Victoria Newland had to sit down with him. She had to sit down with an um, with a with a, a brigadier general the head of Niger's special forces that the United States themselves had been grooming and curating for, for years now. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show Live here on the Red Voice Media Network. And we bring you the facts and the truth, no matter where they come from, uh, so that you don't have to just take the, the hose pipe of government propaganda from their media outlets like Fox News and CNN and CBS and ABC. They're all in on that, uh, uh, but we're independent. So we bring you that. That makes us dangerous because we are audacious enough to do it and we will keep doing it. We're talking about uh, America's new forever war, man. It seems like we can't uh, can't get out of uh, this loop uh, with a retired U.S. Navy commander, uh, Dr. Randy Arrington, today, a former U.S. Navy attack pilot and a political science uh, professor in college. That's what the doctor is about. Uh, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, they need some doctor's help, uh, <laughs> Randy. You know, uh, number one, you mentioned before the break that the leader— the general, uh, whoever, you know, what I don't know what he's calling himself, but the leader of the government now, he actually worked for ECOWAS for a very long time at, 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 on the defense side. So he fully understands their process, their bureaucracy, their planning, because I'm sure that they develop contingency plans like every good, you know, joint or coalition command headquarters staff is going to do. I mean, what else are they going to do when they're not fighting uh, a war? They're developing contingency plans. So he knows all that. He understands their comms. He understands their command and control. He understands their objectives, uh, how they do business. And then you have uh, the Brigadier General, head of the Special Forces there, who did meet with Newland and basically told her, to, I'll quote the gentleman, piss off. Uh, which is good, quite honestly, because that means he learned something in American military school, uh, uh, is that it's his country. It's not Victoria Newland's country. It's not the United States country. It's not the French's country. Colonialism is dead, and people like him are going to continue to kill it. But my point is he fully understands 
all of our operations, uh, at least the visible ones that his teams have been working with the United States and the UAV base, and uh, and I'm sure the other two bases are probably ground ops bases of some sort or another. Uh, so he fully understands that, the planning, the command and control, how they work, how they might transition to uh, to a, 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 a government takedown mode from a counterterrorism mode. Uh, and uh, I think that, uh, yeah, they need your help up there in Washington, D.C. at the Department of State and Department of Defense, Doc, because they got their heads up their asses. This is going to be a long slog with some very smart people that know what the hell's going on. I don't know if you saw, I uh, put out a tweet a couple of days ago where I recommended to Trump that Colonel Manis be the uh, Secretary of Defense if he gets elected. <laughs> did you see that? And uh, he continued. I did not. Me, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I did. I said, you, had, <laughs> you know, Flynn should be uh, Chief of Staff, whatever. Giuliani should be uh, Attorney General and to make me the DHS secretary or just an advisor. I would be honest with him. I'd make sure he wasn't a victim of groupthink. I would be brutally honest with him, tell him the truth. He, he could yeah. take my advice or not, you know? And when you talk about this guy, Baru, now not a colonel, but he now is, is a general trained in the National Defense yeah. University in Washington. You know how many uh, uh, leaders that the United States have trained and they turned on us later on in life? Oh, they, sure. they, they believe in their country. They come here to get the best training possible. They understand the United States thinking, our process, and they go back to their country and, and, and you know, employ that uh, to the advantage of their country. They are nationalists, and that's, that's not a bad word. Being a nationalist is not a bad word. I love the United States of America. You do, too. Yeah. So I, I, I wish everybody did uh, more so than they do now. You know, we got probably 50% of the country that just hates it. Well, maybe not that high. But there's a whole bunch of millions of people in the country that have been trained by Marxist professors to hate the United States of America. And they, they put tweets out all the time. So we've yeah. got to realize that we, we train these guys and they could come back and bite us uh, in the rear end uh, down the line. And I think, I think our senior military, uh, not people like General Brown, but the other people, the guys that are colonels and below, understand that. And, and they've been to the National Defense, you know, uh, the war colleges, they understand that. So you mentioned that the United States is starting to come around. You disagree with one thing I said, and I think you're right. I think the, the sleeping giant of America, which is our normal uh, mode of operation, is starting to wake up. The pendulum is swinging back to the right, and we're starting to pay more attention, if, they, if you will, to what the government is doing and saying and what the results are. And we're not just going to take their word for granted anymore. We're going to see do all, our own research and find out what the real truth is. And that's what I always teach my students to do. Don't believe anybody, even me. Find out on your own. Do your own research. Find out what yeah. the real truth is. And then you can decide if you agree with it or not. But the pendulum kernel is swinging back and Americans are waking up. And uh, I, I think it's going to be good for us in the next uh, couple of years. It's going to be hard uh, watching what's going to unfold over the next uh, know, 12 or 14 months. But in the end, uh, I think the United States is going to make a big comeback. Well, we always do. I mean, don't forget, I remind people of this all the time. I think you and I have talked about it on my show. Is, uh, we killed 600,000 Americans when you total both sides in the Civil War, uh, uh, the war between the states or uh, uh, in those kind of terms. That's what we use down here uh, in, in South Mississippi. You know, uh, 
and, and we've come out of it, but we've come out of it in a form that I don't think is right because it's it's in opposition. And, th and this is one of my problems with Abraham Lincoln is, is he was a good man, you know, and he, he did what he thought was right, but he transformed the United States uh, into an overly centralized federal government. And that was not the intent. And, and I think that's why uh, I think, it, and we were still teaching this stuff at places like National Defense University and, and those kind of things to foreign, uh, to international students. Uh, I was in the international class at the Navy War College when I went there in 2006. Uh, uh, so we, we, we interact with them and we talk to them about the American Revolution, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and all that. And I think that's why a lot of these senior officers that we do educate here go home and end up participating sometimes in revolutionary coups against a, a, a fake government. I don't know if that's what the case is for sure this time, but it seems kind of strange that there's just, there, there was no vast amounts of bloodletting uh, in this military coup. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a calling card of a military coup is that there's a large amount of bloodletting where the military leaders that do it go in and kill all the people uh, that uh, weren't for them. Uh, so it's really kind of interesting in that regard, but that's why I think a lot of these senior officers that we teach and then send home, because uh, we send them back to countries that aren't necessarily free countries, and they want their country to be like the United States was before the Civil War. Now, after the Civil War, we've come down this path now that, uh, that, that this country is completely different than what the founders that wrote the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence intended. And those of us that want to correct that course are attacked, suppressed, oppressed in, in, in communications ways, censored. Uh, that's one of the reasons why this show exists. Uh, when we try to run for office, the political party establishment puts millions of dollars against us. You know, I ran my first race against a guy named Dr. Bill Cassidy, who's a U.S. Senator today, who just said yesterday or day before that uh, the case on the classified paperwork is good. Well, that guy's a government doctor. He wouldn't know classified procedure uh, uh, from, he wouldn't know that from a hole in the ground. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, and you know what? He voted to convict the president on the the January sixth impeachment, and, and just just to show you, he was wrong on that again because he hasn't got a clue what the hell an insurrection is uh, and those kind of things. You know, but the Republican Party establishment fought against us. Is the point of all that? And but I will continue to fight against people like Bill Cassidy because he is not an American. He doesn't follow the Constitution. He doesn't understand the Declaration of Independence, and he's absolutely wrong. And any Republican folks that's in office right now or in the party that you know that's not calling for this persecution of the former president of the United States and the leading opposition candidate to the current president through the court system and the criminal court system to be dropped immediately, don't vote for them again. Please overcome overcome yourselves for voting for incumbents at a rate of 90 plus percent still and stop. Find people that will call it out. They're doing it every day. You can find them all over the place. 
find them and run them against these rats because that's what they are. They're rats, they're anti-American, they're anti-Constitution, they're anti-freedom, and you, it pisses me off. And Doc, I took up your time there, but we got one more oh, segment. And we'll talk about it because there's wider implications, as we said about it at the beginning of this uh, show, much wider implications. We're going to hear from a NATO country leader here after the break. I'm Rob Manus. Dangerous, audacious. Get the truth and the facts out. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared, this may catch many off guard. Your hard earned assets are in jeopardy, but there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Kuwas to potentially launch a military operation in Niger to reverse the coup. We're speaking on the plane on his way back to Turkey from Hungary. Erdogan said he hoped Niger would be able to hold fresh elections soon. He said, I don't consider the Kuwas decision to intervene militarily to be correct. Well, following this decision, Malian Burkina Faso also warned that such military intervention in Niger would be seen as an act of aggression against them. Military intervention in Niger could potentially lead to the spread of instability across many African countries. I hope that social peace and stability will be restored in Niger as soon as possible. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're talking today here on this War, More War Monday about more facts and truth. Uh, and the facts and the truth are that, uh, uh, Dr. Errington, that we, NATO and the United States has forced NATO into being as fully engaged without actually being in combat uh, against Russia in the Russia-Ukraine war. And now uh, the dummies at the State Department and Department of Defense look like they're going to force a a, uh, a forever war in Africa uh, and a major NATO ally is going to oppose it. At the same time, the alliance is in, uh, is in essentially full-blown combat uh, supporting Ukraine against Russia. Uh, they really do need some, some educated help, Doc. They really do. You know, I, I look at the situation right now, and I think uh, America uh, lacks really good diplomats uh, and mature and uh, moderate good military leaders. They were purged by Obama. And today we only have, it seems like, uh, the vast majority 
in these positions are blinded by their uh, ideology to the real truth. And I always say this, um, individuals who think they are incredibly intelligent or highly enlightened, but don't realize that they are not, those people are of uh, serious danger if ever given power and authority over innocent people. One can only hope that one day these individuals experience their uh, political epiphany and that uh, they can be set free from those ideological chains that currently bind and blind them. If that happens, and it's happened before, but uh, until that happens, they are leading us with uh, poor public policy. And it, it could actually, uh, I wrote a paper once in college uh, saying that we could splinter into two or three different countries, balkanized like they did in, in Russia after Russia collapsed on Christmas in 1991. We could end up with two or three nations, at least two. And I don't want that to happen. I love the United States of America, all 50 states, even though I don't agree well, with what happens in California. I'm from California. You know, uh, in fact, mm -hmm. Newsom just said he's going to take uh, Trump's name off the, the ballot uh, for 2024, which won't hurt because he could never win in California anyway. You know, Dr. Eric is right. I think we lost his audio for a second there. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Newsom uh, taking Trump off the ballot uh, uh, is probably not going to uh, hurt unless it's the primary ballot, okay? Because you still have to have enough delegates to win the nomination at the GOP convention. As rigged as the GOP and Democrat national conventions are uh, these days with uh, uh, acknowledging that, for the presidency and vice presidency of the United States. Uh, you still have to have the ability to get the votes uh, in the primary, uh, whether you can win California or not. Uh, so if he takes him off the primary ballot uh, and, and is successful doing that, that's a major issue. I've already seen calls from people like Charlie Kirk uh, on that subject, Doc, the, uh, to uh, have Republican governors and re solid Republican states uh, take Joe Biden off the ballot uh, in those states because he's obviously broken the law. Uh, and, uh, and, and their stance is they can do that via the 14th Amendment uh, uh, without any uh, approval from the federal legislature. So, uh, uh, you know, I mean, in some cases, all the way down to, they're saying that down to the county clerk level that runs the actual elections in the counties have the ability to remove Donald Trump or anybody else from the ballot uh, if they fit the right criteria. It's absolutely insane uh, and ludicrous, but that's where we're at. I mean, it's like this potential, well, this coming war in Africa. I think once they get the ball rolling on these things, uh, they happen in one way or another. And it, it, it may have to pause for a pres another president like a Trump when he gets elected for four years, but then they'll get him out of the way uh, through using whatever means is necessary. Uh, as you can see, uh, and they'll continue it. That's how we ended up with Biden taking us into uh, this war in Ukraine. But it's just really, uh, it's pitiful. You know, they're, they're, like the NATO alliance uh, uh, thing with uh, President Erdogan of Turkey. I mean, Turkey's one of the largest forces in NATO now. Uh, they represent what's left of the Ottoman Empire, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, if he's, if he's going to be opposed to it, at the same time, the alliance and the United States are engaged in Ukraine, at the same time that Russia is running into the arms of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, uh, and Russia, by the way, is, if you, if you don't think the Wagner forces going in are part of a decision by the leadership of Russia, 
you're a fool uh, because that's who does it, uh, whether they're contractors or not, doesn't matter. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a clown car. It's, I hate to say it, but our national security and foreign policy uh, decision-making and implementation is just a clown car. It's ridiculous. You know, one of the, the uh, more popular statements from the left, from the Democrats, is that's not who we are as Americans. Well, you know what? That better become who we are as Americans or America will cease to exist. And I would give that same uh, advice yeah. to the Republican Party. You better start doing the same tactics that is being used against your party by the left. You better start doing those same things. Otherwise, you'll have one party forever. And I know that we have some Republicans, rhinos, whatever establishment, that they basically don't care if the Democrats are in power because they're in the seat of power personally. That's all they care about. They don't really care about the United States of America or the people. I told I taught my students that all the time. They actually hate the United States of America, people, the people. All they care about is their power. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, not that nothing is universal that doesn't apply to uh, you know people like Paulina Luna, Luna Paulina, uh, Ted Cruz. I think they do love the United States of America. And I think I think uh, Donald Trump loves the United States of America. We love the United States of America. So there's many of us out there. A lot of them live in Mississippi, Louisiana, the heartland. And we talked about this earlier in the show. They're starting to wake up as they see the pendulum swing back to the right. They now understand what is what the policies of the, the Democrat Party are doing to this country and them individually. And if they if they didn't realize that in Hawaii, they better realize it now because that idiot president basically told uh, Maui uh, no comment, no comment. You got you got hundreds of children yeah. that are missing, unaccounted for. Maybe even I mean, a thousand. That's appalling to me. Yeah, it it is absolutely. It's it's not only appalling. It's it's disgusting. And, and, and you know what? You mentioned the balk, potential balkanization. You know, what came to my mind when you said that of the United States is that, uh, you know, secession wasn't illegal in 1860, and it's still not illegal now, according to the Constitution of the United States, because the states created the compact, voted on it by state to enter it, and states can withdraw themselves from it, which is what happened in 1860. And before you nut jobs start going off, look, Nobody was ever, ever tried and convicted for treason against the United States of America or, uh, or for being in a legislature or an executive that signed off on the secession uh, bills that were passed by those countries that did. And don't go on the slavery thing. Four slave states stayed in the union and were never asked to stop doing slave trade during the Civil War, so that's bullshit too. Uh, but listen to what I'm saying. That potential is there. That potential is there because the American people have woke up, Doc, uh, and uh, that frightens me because I'm a I'm a big advocate for the United States of America under the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, you know, uh, and and uh, I fought thought I was fighting under that flag. Uh, may have not been exactly correct, but. Uh, that's the flag. I, if I, my kids ever have to go to war, I want them fighting under, uh, and I want uh, countries like Niger to look at us as protectors of freedom, not uh, uh, praetorian guards of an empire. Uh, you know, I have a lecture that I give to my students and to groups around the country. The title of the lecture is, Will the United States Survive Until 2025? And I give reasons why we will. I give reasons why we might not. 
and it's very yeah. pro it's intended to be very provocative. And I, I, I gave that lecture up in uh, Michigan about a year a, a year ago, and uh, the, the people were mesmerized that I would say something like that. A lot of people again, nobody's hated more than he or she who tells the truth. <laughs> especially when truth is so rare and and fought against by the government and the power brokers exactly. uh, in a society. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, well, Doc, I appreciate you coming on today, and uh, I'm sure you'll be back uh, because you are a wealth of knowledge, and uh, we love having you on. Uh, and uh, folks can find you on Twitter at, at X at what now? What's your X handle? I I, I, I got bumped off twice. I think it's Randall Stephen A two at Randall right, Stephen man. A two. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. We'll see you later. Have a great evening. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, here at the Red Voice Media Network, we are going to tell you the truth and present you with the facts as we can find them. And we're going to give you our opinion on those, too. Uh, you can take the opinion or leave it, but the facts and the truth, they are what they are. Uh, and I'm just going to remind you, if you have a Republican official or a party member that's not immediately standing up and loudly pounding the table to say that the persecution and prosecution of Donald J. Trump and now 18 of his teammates, his team members from his administration for these political hit job indictments is wrong and should be dropped immediately and they don't present actions like impeaching Joe Biden for various and sundry things multiple times, impeaching Garland, impeaching Mayorkas and those kinds of things and present those as actionable items then don't ever vote for them again. We don't need the Bill Cassidy's of the world. We need people that will fight and fight for what's right, what's right with America, and what makes us all want to be American, which is in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. It's time to get back to it. I'm Rob Manus here at the Red Voice Media Network. I'll see you tomorrow where it's Training Tuesday. <laughs>